Welcome to the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Willby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area, and with me is only one of my co-hosts. I'm Hwai Chin Buya, writer and, and critic for Slash Film and, and a journalist in the New York area. It's been a while since we've done this. Sorry, I'm in like a little rusty right now. It's okay. But, um, you know, it's a... Uh, time for uh ht and willoughby in the morning <laughs> in, the evening. in the evening rather yeah you're right we're recording this um uh evening eastern standard time uh on the in the aftermath of the community table read slash reunion and uh, that's going to be the uh the topic of today's podcast um community the nbc turned yahoo sitcom created by dan Harmon and starring joel McHale, donald glover chevy chase gillian jacobs um allison brie danny pudi jim rash yvette nicole brown ken jong so this is a sitcom that was at the beginning ostensibly about a group of community college students um uh who uh, unites and become an unlikely friend group uh, as they for, uh, to form a study group in um, the community college Greendale and their various misadventures. But slowly, those misadventures became more and more wacky and fantastical and subversive, a term that we'll probably be using a lot in this ep- in this episode. And um, one of the most subversive shows on television, I'd say, or at least network television. Oh, for sure. I feel like it was in a lot of ways groundbreaking in ways that we appreciate at the time, but also didn't, you know, because it was just like I felt like we when we were watching Community, uh, Willoughby and I were both watching it at the height of its popularity, quote unquote, uh, during college. And uh, it kind of helped inform our own pop culture tastes and um, knowledge as well as like created almost a language for us to talk about pop culture in a way because the show itself is such a love letter and um, deconstruction of pop culture as, as it is. It's kind of a both a sitcom and a sitcom that makes fun of other sitcoms. And that's what's so fun about it and uh, something that makes it so surprising to watch uh, that made it so surprising to watch uh, week to week, but um, right, yeah. especially especially as like time went on, it, it started out like a normal season of of TV, and by like season three, it was like every episode was like a genre episode where it was like parodying a different genre of like film or TV, and yeah, by like season six, it was a whole nother beast than what it started out as. Yeah, and it's so funny. I've been doing a rewatch of community on uh since it landed on netflix recently it's been on hulu ever since it ended uh with sixth season but um i never really embarked on a like series long rewatch until it uh came to netflix about a month ago and uh it's it was my first rewatch since i had watched all the show uh when it was on the air like i hadn't actually gone back and watched any episodes i don't think except for a couple of my favorites uh back when it was on netflix the first time around so i'd watch like modern warfare or something or the uh, christmas episode and um just watching it all in one binge now it made me realize first of all how well the comedy holds up it's really really funny still and the comedy and the jokes are still really sharp and um really just like here we go again subversive uh ahead of its time you might even say streets ahead (laughs) it is (laughs) community community is a very streets ahead show and every other show behind is streets behind yes for sure um but not only that but it made me realize how 
well suited it is to binging because there's a lot of jokes that are introduced in almost passing early on and then get paid off three seasons later uh the Beetlejuice episode the Beetlejuice joke for example and um it's something that like I was aware of when I was watching it and I kind of was really excited to know it was kind of like a a secret amongst the the community fans because we were all such hardcore uh, fans that we would like pick apart all the episodes and um you know (laughs) oh it was it was big on big on tumblr big on tumblr big on on the on the internet like you could you could like you know nbc historically was terrible to community like it would cut off its season midway and then it would come back for like a mid-season premiere like months after it was supposed to because like the ratings were always poor but like it had a fervent online fan base and i feel like like we were saying like it is a of it is almost like the perfect internet show because it's geared towards people who like are on the internet all the time um and like it, it just the way that it focuses in on like pop culture and and like nerd stuff and film stuff and tv stuff like the way that it all functions like that you could watch an episode and it completely can be different the completely different than the next episode mm-hmm. but still like totally you know it's still community um and i think that that's one of like the beauty the beauty of the show is that it's like perfect for the binging mode it's perfect for streaming like i think that that's where like like a lot of the like a lot of the fan base is like millennials who are watching it on hulu the day the day later um when it was airing on on nbc and so like i think that's why like something like brooklyn 99 years later was able to be like uh canceled by fox and then 29 hours later saved by nbc which technically like owned it like nbc universal was like the like fox like fox was distributing the show but it was still like like a universal show like nbc universal show it was just being licensed to fox to air and so like they were able to be like cool we're gonna produce more seasons of this now because of the like intense backlash to the cancellation like i like if we had seen that we, like, we saw sort of like the slow build of that with the community fandom because like every season NBC would premiere and then it would take it off its schedule. And then like that sort of like, but, and then you would be, you'd still be able to rewatch like the season, the, like, because you, because it had that deal with Hulu where like, it wasn't just the five most recent episodes, it was every episode. Mm. So you were able to watch like the entire season three, part one leading up to the premiere of season three three part two whenever it it aired and like you could like pick a part and like you could go back and watch seasons one and two and then like so there was like the 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 fandom around it sort of coalesced every time there was like sort of a near cancellation uh uh um bubble to be a part of and i think that that's sort of like but and so like you see something with brooklyn and nine that happened like so quickly because I think people just assume Brooklyn Nine-Nine was because it was like a, you know, like a mainstream NBC network with Andy Samberg that it was, you know, it was probably in fear of cancellation because it is very funny. But when it was actually canceled, people were like, what the what the hell? What the hell is this? And with Community, it was sort of like a give and take, like a bunch of different times. Like Mm -hmm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was never taken off the schedule and then put back on. Like NBC really sort of jostled uh, uh, Community around a lot. Yeah, community really, it came right before all of the shows 
uh, all the sh- a lot of shows just kind of ended up getting saved by streaming networks. Like Community did end up getting saved by Yahoo Screen, and then it some- subsequently ended up bankrupting Yahoo Screen in the kind of hilarious yep. and sad um, cherry on top of his legacy. <laughs> yeah, it was that's sort of like the the irony of getting the six seasons part of six seasons in a movie, which is like which became like the Community catch catchphrase. Um, to like save the show and it's just sort of wild that community exists for what it is and so I love it I I like you watched it in college I think I, I I binged the first two seasons between my freshman and sophomore year of college because I think I heard so many great things about it uh, that I was just like, oh, I have to give it a chance and so like literally like the weeks before moving back to AU to do so- sophomore year I like watched all of community seasons one and two and just like fell in love with the show and so like watching season three which became which is when it really became like the weirdest it like like became the community show that I think people really loved about it like how every episode was its own genre you get the dark darkest timeline episode the the uh um apocalypse now uh, Heart of Darkness. Uh, Heart of Darkness documentary, like uh, homage, like all the. I think my favorite episodes from all of Community were in season three, or at least most of them were. And so, like that was a great time, a great season to like watch live, especially like watching live with you. Like we were able to like watch the episode and then like talk about it and like have and then have internet discussions with other friends and so like i think it was a really great experience and then like yeah it just sort of was really interesting to watch community like evolve and grapple with being uh torn apart by nbc and put back together and like dan Harmon le- was forced off the show and then he came back uh and so like you, you, you uh, community itself is a very meta show and so like when all of that started to happen it became even more meta with it's like talking about how season four was like the gas leak year because that was the season that diane Harmon wasn't showrunner so it was like different and uh yeah um so yeah i i love the show community it's one of my favorite my girlfriend melissa uh she said that to, uh for me me willoughby parks and rec is my comfort show and to her community is her comfort show like she'll oh. rewatch ep- like episodes when, when she wants to um and so like now that i mean we always had a hulu account so we could always do it we actually did a uh, community rewatch last year and uh it like you said it's still like it's still funny the jokes still hold up and so like now that it's on netflix which i feel like more people have a netflix account than a hulu account so i feel like more people are gonna take the take the plunge um and watch community so do we want to like unless unless you have anything more generally thinking general things uh do you want to like dive into like sort of like how we talk about all these like legacy shows like plot character and theme like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah um let yeah let's talk about the legacy of community i guess yeah. because uh it have it certainly has kind of left almost no footprints and a huge footprint at the same time because there's so many little catchphrases and details and nuggets that have entered the kind of cultural conversation like the cultural lexicon like for example the darkest timeline or um what's the other thing like I feel like cool 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 is really funny because that came I feel like that came from community and then kind of became a catchphrase on Brooklyn Nine-Nine um 
and like things like that like that people and the, the gif for example of troy entering the apartment during the remedial chaos theory episode and it's on fire and i feel like a lot of those things have become so so wildly popular on their own um and that people aren't aware that they come from community and i think that one that is so interesting uh as well as just kind of the huge uh success of some of its stars namely donald glover who just has like rocketed to scott to superstardom and allison brie who's become a huge netflix star um and like it's kind of interesting like i was watching some episodes of community recently um in my uh, New York apartment and I was just kind of watching while I was working and my roommate Rebecca who's never seen an episode of Community before uh was walking by and she was like oh uh Oliver um oh blanking on his name oh John Oliver. John Oliver is John Oliver is in the show and she was like man what happened to uh Joel McHale and I was like yeah you know what it's kind of sad because he hasn't had like the huge success that Donald Glover has and she's like Alison Brie is in this so it's really interesting to see kind of like the legacy that it left and like the footprint that it left that people aren't aware of you know what I mean yeah my second my first question is you lived with Rebecca for quite some time and you never showed her community I know. I guess I never did. We just watched Buffy all the time. So that was like our main oh, that's thing. Fair. We would watch Buffy that's and fair. Friends a lot. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it is it is sort of wild. Like, Donald Glover left Community to, to do Atlanta. But the time between him saying that he's leaving Community, the actual episode where he leaves, and then when Atlanta came on, like, the air, like, it, there, was, there was like several years where... I guess it was just in development and he was he was like making other things he was doing a lot of childish gambino stuff so like it's really f- interesting to see how like after he left community he really i mean it probably feed freed up his schedule to be able to do a lot more things and donald glover was sort of like notoriously like he wants to do all these different things and it's like doing a network television show is a lot of time mm-hmm. and so like i can understand why he would want to leave um unfortunately it meant leaving making him like leave in the middle of the season which is sort of odd like usually you want that to be like your big season finale as a character leaving so like it's sort of weird and that was like the same season that chevy chase was like kicked off the show or left the show like in between seasons so like i think his first episode which i think aired the the live read was his like will reading episode like that was Mm -hmm. like one of the first that was like the the opening to the season that Donald Glover left in the middle of like community started having a lot of like revolving door characters as, as like recurring main leads. And so like what that was, that's one of the other things about community is that like, as it stayed, as it, as it clung to life, some people uh, also clung with it and some people did not. Um, But yeah. And it's also weird because Jim Rash, who plays the Dean won an Academy award while he was on the show like writing the descendants Mm -hmm. um i think that's such a funny like there's so many so many different stories to tell about the cast and crew of the show like in the middle of the show like anthony and and joe Rousseau also went on to direct captain america the winter soldier and became huge marvel uh studio stars yeah they're sort of the other like uh elephant in the room that we need to talk about which is like they're the ones that gave us the I mean, they directed a bunch of episodes either together or by themselves, but like, and they were like executive producers and they ended up doing like the paintball episodes and that became like their sort of calling card to the rest of Hollywood is like, they're the action guys, but also they're the funny guys and they could do both. And so like they directed the Brooklyn Nine-Nine pilot and they went on to, you know, direct four of the biggest movies on the planet. And so I think it's really interesting that like community really sort of, 
And like, I guess, I mean, I don't know if you've ever actually watched it, but like Dan Harmon after this went on to do Rick and Morty, which is, which has become like critically successful. And like Adult Swim basically gave them a blank check to do like, I think 70 episodes at some point. Like, like, so like, we're going to get, we're going to get Dan Harmon, Rick and Morty stuff for a long time. And so it's just sort of community for, for what it is as like this weird little show that could really like half half of its cast and crew and have, have gone on to become like ultimate Hollywood A-listers. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, I think it's part of like what makes Community for me feel like both a, such a little uh, capsule of its time as well as being ahead of its time because I always associate it with that time in college that was I was already I was kind of forming my own pop culture opinion and knowledge and and it was helping me do that and it I feel like some of the the catchphrases and the gimmicks almost became a little bit tired after a while because like it was so used it was used so much and like the fans loved it so much and I was like I was done with it after a while but then coming back to it I feel I think so fondly of it and it still is so funny even with all like the gimmicks that it pulled off and the catchphrases that became like tired for me after a while um it's like coming home to an old friend and even that but that friend is what way smarter and way funnier than I remembered you know and it's kind of like that for like what it did for its cast where it was like almost just like a launching pad or like a stepping stone for a lot of them but at the same time like they did some of their best work on there I think Don Glover's delivery in Community was like really really one of the parts that I every every time I come back to it I appreciate more and more because he's so funny the way he delivers lines is just like it's just amazing he inflects and um his timing is perfect. And just like some of my favorite lines now from Community are, are the ones by Donald Glover. And there really is a hole after he leaves, which is sad. But um, yeah, it's it's so interesting that like, yeah, it's it's a it's such a weird little show, like you say. Yeah, and I really love it. I think it's great. I think that, you know, I think the and like you could tell that there there i mean like i don't know how much we want to dive into it but like the differences between the the season that dan Harmon wasn't on and the seasons before and after like there is a a a remarkable difference in like i think how the show feels Mm -hmm. um and like you could tell that like the show even reacted to him leaving with like abed having to deal with i think senior year of of community college and like retreating to like a sitcom world where it's like a three camera setup and which is sort of like what community like sort of like bucks its head against, which is like traditional network television. And so like you sort of see this push and pull because like people didn't know what was going to happen to the community when Dan Harmon left and like was replaced with two other showrunners like that. Like, how is the show going to change? And Like the show sort of tried to address that. But then also, like, I think it still fell into the traps of like there's only so many to- so many things you can do without the creative sort of head um who like really like spearheaded the show yeah um and like obviously like there are there are so many brilliant like writers and directors on community not just dan Harmon, but like to like we talk about the showrunner who is like essentially like in charge of the show they set the tone they set the the feel they set the 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 language of the show um and so like when you change showrunners which back in the days of like just procedurals like it was never really a problem because that those type of shows you know, if they if there's not a strong narrative arc, you can sort of get away with having like a different person in charge. But like if you have like some something like community, which is a deeply creative, deeply uh, idiosyncratic yeah. yeah, deeply specific show, and you change the person who is making those t- deeply specific 
uh, tones and things like it, it is going to be a different show. And I definitely think it did suffer from that. And I think season five and six, I guess, tried to bounce back from that. But I think I don't think it was ever the same just because I feel like I, I feel like the first three seasons of a community are perfect. And then mm-hmm. everything after that is sort of hit and miss, even when Dan Harmon, Dan Harmon, Dan Harmon is back. Um, but I do think that ultimately, because like Yahoo screen, the Yahoo screen season is weird because like they were testing the nature of like being on s- streaming. So like they didn't have to stick to the stick to the 22 minute format. And so like a lot of the episodes are longer and like they, they sort of drag and you can sort of tell where like it would have been cut for a 22 minute show. And so I kind of wish like they had stuck to that format, which like a lot of Netflix shows, a lot of like Hulu shows, they do stick to the traditional television form like some of them do uh they they stick to the 22 or 44 minute and so like you could like that feels right which is weird because like that's so arbitrary based on commercials but like a 35 minute community episode is so different than a 22 minute community episode Mm -hmm. um but i do think that like the way that the community ended i think it ended well i think it had like a nice emotional send-off for most of the characters who still were on the show at the time um and i think that every time a a show a character a beloved character left i feel like there was always poignancy to it even chevy chase's death or his character's death even though it was like his character was like a shitty person and um like all that uh like a, a lot of that nonsense like it like the way his relationship to Jeff Winger, I think they were able to sort of like have some poignancy to that with like the fake hologram that they set up for him um, yeah, to like talk to Jeff about. And even in his will reading, uh, the will reading episode, like they kind of they there is like some redemption for for uh, Pierce. Like I think they never disliked the character of Pierce. I think they just disliked Chevy Chase. But like there's always yeah. like a a sort of um, a soft. Uh, side or soft facet to to Pierce like he would um be the person who would you know um uh what's the word I'm looking for he would be the one who kind of riled things up and you know um made made things uncomfortable in the group I can't think of the word right now but you know what I mean um but he always would come back in the end with something something profound or something like meaningful to say and that was what happened in the will episode like in a much more sort of pressure cooker of a time too because he would do that all not even being there and i think that was like (laughs) it was a testament to dan Harmon's writing for sure um and like they didn't even need chevy chase to do that to be uh, to be there to do that right and so like i think that that's sort of the the spirit of community is that it was able to like have these characters that can be assholes to each other or to just in general and still give them sort of humanity to them um yeah that that was my thought (laughs) yeah um no i agree with you about your like your assessment of seasons too because i think the first three seasons are just so good and so uh you know groundbreaking and so next level that um the series after dan Harmon is fired and they bring the showrunners the new showrunner, showrunners on it never is able to recapture that genius uh, even in the fifth and sixth seasons and the fourth season i remember i was re-watching recently and i remember thinking like wow this is actually not as bad as i remember but it's also not good it's yeah. it's very it's watchable but it's very very forgettable and it, it's very clear too that like the showrunners and the writers are trying to imitate dan Harmon's style and like his comedy but it's not as sharp and efficient as his his humor is i don't know how to put a um 
put a finger on it, but there's just, just less jokes and the jokes to feel like a little bit on the hokier side or something, more of just kind of drawing attention to themselves as being jokes. Uh, whereas Dan Harmon will just like stuff, you know, 10 jokes within the span of a minute and it, they're all really funny. <laughs> and, but even... Right, and it... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I feel like also they, they made creative char- character choices that I think they always tried to play with but never confirmed. Like the Troy and Britta relationship was always sort of flirted with. But then season four, what they actually con- like made them a couple. And I think that they didn't know what to do with that. When, like they didn't know what to do with them once they became a couple. And I feel like the what dan Harmon was doing in like season three when that when they were like a flirtation is sort of like they had this chemistry and like sort of like the thing about communities like all the characters have like have chemistry with each other so like it was sort of fun to have different characters like flirt with each other or like interact with each other and never really like solidify like one like the like there was always a balance with the group because no one was really like obviously troy and abed were like they're like the dynamic duo and like jeff and uh uh annie were sort of like a thing and like jeff and britta obviously like all these characters have like have these relationships and friendships with each other but nothing was sort of like solidified except for troy and abed and like when the when the writers started to try and do that with with britta and troy i don't think they i think they caught the car and they didn't know what to do with it yeah they tried to put to fit it more into the traditional sitcom mode mold and it didn't work um but i will say i want to give a defense for season five because i think uh, repilots the first episode of season five and like the all the episodes leading up to uh troy's departure donald glover's departure are all really really good like it really it just recaptured yeah. for me like exactly what made seasons one through three so good and so funny but then yeah it kind of the wind goes out of the the show sails a little bit after donald glover leaves uh despite some of the best efforts by the cast and by the writers i think that like donald glover really was kind of the heart of the show, like especially him and Troy Naved, the the wonderful wonderful dynamic duo, like you were saying. So um, I do want to talk about um, the uh, sort of reunion that has been taking place this year. Um, I've been actually e- eagerly keeping up with all of the hype leading up to the table read that took place yesterday, um, and that was held by Community for Coronavirus Charities. Um, there's been like a lot of sort of lead up to it because I know uh, Joel McHale and Ken Jong started a podcast called the Darker Timeline Podcast in which sometimes they would chat to other former community cast members or about like memories on the set and talk about coronavirus um, news items as well and um, they did like this whole community like Zoom reunion on there before the table read and it was just so fun it was like an hour long and I watched the entire thing and it was just really nice to see all these cast members uh, displaying like the same chemistry that they had on the show and showing that they still had like an affection for each other outside of Chevy Chase (laughs) like it was really nice to see Donald Glover smiling again he never smiled anymore and I was just so happy to see him just like energized and happy and I felt like seeing him back in that group was just made me as happy as he did as he was and that was you know compounded by the ew um retrospective that they're doing in which they bring they brought on all of like the cast members to talk about and dan Harmon to talk about each season um in a big rewatch thing since like net since it hit netflix and then that led up to the table reread in which they did um i think cooperative paul paul holography from season five which was the pierce will reading thing so 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 funny like it they they brought on pedro pascal to read for the 
part that Walton Goggins played. And Pedro Pascal had obviously never seen the script before, even though he said he'd read it beforehand, because he kept like breaking during this whole sperm exchange. Like, sounds weird to say, but there's like the whole like, like banter of like the whole like sperm like punch, uh, punchline. And he every time he had to say sperm, he would just like break down laughing, and it was so funny and so sweet just to see all of them. They were having. So much fun and then you know troy and Ovid did like the digital handshake and uh, i saw the was, gif of that yeah. yeah it was really emotional and everyone was actually expecting because like this was coming after all of, like the big netflix um return and everyone was watching it again or watching it for the first time and they're like it's just a matter of time before the movie gets announced right it's just a matter of time and i mean uh, yeah and for those of you who may have forgotten or may not know uh, one of the one of the like side bits of one episode of Community, I think it was supposed. I think it was a fake clip show episode in which Abed gets real like at, in the clips gets really into NBC's The Cape, which was this like one season show. I think it was canceled before its time. Like obviously, uh, but like Abed got really into it because like you know Abed's like a super nerd, and he got. And, like, he had this cape that he would, like, fly around in the cafeteria to, like, pretend to be the character of the cape, which is, like, this, like, dark superhero, whatever. Um, but one thing that he kept shouting was after it was, like, canceled was, like, the, the like, in-universe, like, he wanted six seasons in a movie. So he would, like, yell that. And it became a rallying cry for, like, the online fans who wanted Community to get six seasons in a movie because that was, like, I think that was season three. So, like, a lot of people were worried about community's future because it was like the first time netflix like uh or nbc pulled it um from its schedule uh and then obviously brought it back but like it was always since since that like midpoint in, in the season like it was always up in the air with what was going to happen with the community and like when it was finally canceled from nbc people thought that there wasn't going to be a season six which would have given it the the six seasons part of six seasons in a movie yahoo screen obviously got it and now we're just sort of waiting for that fun little 90 minutes of community to come back um, in one form or another. And like now that like when community started, like streaming wasn't really a, th I mean, it was a thing, but it was like not really a thing. I remember it premiered in 2009 and I think my family got Netflix instant play, which was what it was called back then in like 2010. And like we watched like the five seasons of the office that were available. And like, that was sort of, I mean, obviously they had movies, they had some TV shows, but streaming was not what it is now. And like movies are not what they are now. Like Netflix releases a new original movie like every other day. Like they did a Breaking Bad movie after the fact. Like I think like I feel like a Bre the Breaking Bad movie sort of gives me hope that they can do a community movie. Like you get the characters to come back. I don't know if it would be a Netflix thing. I don't know who owns the rights to it. Like maybe it'll be a Peacock because it's NBC Universal. Um, but like a movie could happen if you get all the right players to come back. I don't know what the story would be, but like I would like to see a movie. Yeah. I would like to complete seasons in a movie. I would love to see the movie, especially after just seeing all the cast together again and so happy and just like cracking jokes at each other's expense. Like there was a, during the Q&A on the podcast, they kept cracking jokes about like uh, the most famous person on our cast, Ken Jong, Dr. Ken. Or they'd be like, or Alison Brie would like disappear off screen and they'd be like, oh, wait, I know how to get her back. Netflix. It was, just, it was and then like there's a whole little revelation that 
um, they all have a group chat and Donald Glover is not on it because they thought he was too busy. Because <laughs> oh, no. he was like, oh, we should start a group chat. And they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> and I just, I just love seeing them all together again. And, you know, now that they have done like the reunion and then the, and on the Q&A after the table read, they talked about how they'd all be down to do a movie if, if the, if, uh, it happens if like the stars align so who knows right like we've we've seen this happen with veronica mars and breaking bad like and or you know so i think i think these sort of things are possible i think that obviously hollywood is in flux now especially even more so with the pandemic like things have been shut down things may never happen now things may things that weren't going to happen are going to happen probably who knows like Everything is so weird. So, like, I think a community movie is definitely could be definitely in the cards if, like, suddenly schedules are free, and like if Hollywood starts to reopen and they're allowing people to be back on set or something. Like, I think that they could do. Uh, hopefully, maybe within a couple of years, I think it would be really fun. Because, like, and who knows? I mean, I, I don't think they, they already have it, but like, you know, if it's a Netflix thing, Netflix sort of surprises people with announcements. So, like if they do have a, a community movie in their back pocket, um, maybe it'll just like be like, it's going to come out in two weeks. Like whenever it does come out, it'll be like a really short period of time between its announcement and its release. Um, Cause I feel like that happened with the breaking bad movie um, where like, I think people like knew it was sort of happening, but not too for, uh, long before it was actually like officially announced. And then, I think it was like let slip by Bob Odenkirk or something. And then it was officially confirmed by Netflix. And then they dropped a trailer and then it was out within like, I feel like a couple months of time. So like, I think something like this, the community movie could happen. And I, I would like to see it. Yes. I would like to see it. I agree. Um, but yeah, I recommend you checking out the reunion Willoughby and all you listeners too, if you're community fans. And if you're not community fans, check it out. It's on Netflix and Hulu right now, and it's a great show. Agreed. So I think that's all uh, we have to say about community. Shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Six seasons in a movie. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> Shall we move on to the last segment of our episode? Yeah, let's do it. Sorry, I don't know why I'm, what I'm What's asking. What's it called? Let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. I so, Willoughby, why don't you start us off? What is your really like this week? Inspired by your recent appearance on the BuzzFeed Unsolved Boys' new show, Watcher, or their network Watcher, I believe the, the what was the, 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 the series that you were on called? Was it the, the... Top 5 Beatdown, I think. Top, top five beatdown. So you were on to talk about Pixar movies. I was. And, and you ranked your top five Pixar movies along with Shane Madey and Ryan Bergara from BuzzFeed Unsolved. And that was a really fun thing for me and my girlfriend to watch on the big screen TV. Um, and we were inspired to uh, do a Pixar marathon after that. So we, we actually, we weirdly were like, oh, we'll watch like Ratatouille. Because like you, you guys talked about Ratatouille, so we were like, "Cool, we'll do, we'll do that." And then my girlfriend was like, "Well, I've never seen Cars," because that was a big part of the conversation. <laughs> it was, was. Cars. it's become already it's already become memeified. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so uh, we watched the Cars trilogy, 
Uh, and uh, Cars 2 is the worst Pixar movie, like, bar none, like, the worst. Yeah. I'm so, like, I'm just impressed that it was an actual Pixar movie. It doesn't, it has no heart, no emotional depth, it plays no story, like a really. direct-to-video, non-Pixar movie, like a rip-off of a Pixar movie. Exactly. It, it's weird because they did Planes, which is that same, it's that exact concept, but in actuality. Um and so we did we did we did the Cars trilogy, and then uh, we were like, well, let's go back and do a, a, a marathon proper. I mean, Cars three is actually pretty good. We actually really liked Cars I, three. I agree with you. I watched Cars three on a plane and was surprised that I was actually quite moved by it. I was like, wow, you know what? Toy Story four kind of follows the same themes that Cars three does, but I think Cars three yep. almost does it better in some ways. Uh, disagree with you on that, <laughs> but. Uh, so yeah, so now we've gone back and we're doing a, a proper movie marathon, movie binge or movie marathon of all the Pixar movies. Uh, we're, we've done Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, and Monsters, Inc. So now we will, uh, continue that soon, hopefully with the, um, what's it? Finding Nemo, which is Melissa's favorite movie. Yay. So we're going, it's going to be a very fun, uh, watch. So yeah, Pixar. Pixar is my really like. It's really, it's a. They're really good storytellers. I agree, and um, you should check out the episode in which I appeared on a Watcher Watcher's YouTube channel, which uh, is uh, available on the Watcher YouTube channel. Yeah, you can watch it. Well, oh, we'll also link it in the show notes. I think we can do that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, my. What's your really like? My really like has to do with um, earth, fire, water, air. Long ago, when the four nations lived together in harmony, and then every cha- everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender is on Netflix, guys. Netflix US, to be exact, because it's been on other Netflixes in other regions for many years. But, um, and it was previously on Netflix back in like 2012. It was. In 2011, which is how I originally watched it. And then like in 2013, 2014, they took it off. Mm-hmm. And, it's been uh, a while. Yeah, it's been a while and it's back. And I'm very excited that a lot of people are entering into this uh, world for the first time ever after having missed out on it as kids. I did catch it when I was a kid. We did a whole episode about Avatar The Last Airbender, which was my initial pitch, but then will be reminded me that we already did it. So um, this recently is Recently too. I know. It was really recently. I forgot about it too. I think I did the exact same intro that I just did just there. Anyways, you did, Avatar yeah. The Last it's, Airbender it's is great. And I, I love it and obsess with it still. And um, I'm glad that it's back in the conversations because it's a perfect show. So that's my Agreed. real like this week. Yeah. Um, I believe you have an article on Slash Film about your rankings. Is that true? Yes, I do. I wrote an article on the uh, the day that Avatar Last Airbender hit Netflix, uh, May 15th. So I wrote... Uh, an article ranking the top 15 episodes of Avatar The Last mm-hmm. Airbender because it's also the 15th anniversary. It's the latest of a couple of our Avatar articles that I've been writing for Slash Film. I've kind of been slowly turning it into the Avatar The Last Airbender corner just because like 
I'm the first one, I think, on staff to really be obsessed with the show and like it so much. And uh, so I've written a, a, quite a bit about it. And um, I wrote a little, I wrote another thing about it um, soon after uh, for a daily feature that we do called The Quarantine Stream, in which I wrote that Avatar The Last Airbender is the, um, is a great depiction, a great, it's a show that understands the devastation of war, despite being a children's. <gasps> Uh, TV show. I hope now that it's on Netflix, you are forcing your coworkers to binge it alongside um, everyone else who hasn't seen. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pressure them. Come our podcast, so and that's the slash film daily podcast. Just to to do another promo for myself. <laughs> there yes, we go. I'm gonna pressure them, and uh, I'm gonna force them all to watch it, even though one of them hates all anime and animated related anime related things. Even though he 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 loves like Big Mouth though, so and he does he says he doesn't like the animation style of anime. I'm like, but you watch Big Mouth, one of the ugliest shows I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, that's so wild. I know. Well, you know, everyone has their biases, even if they're wrong. <laughs> so, Avatar. Was but Andrew. they're they're not wrong with Avatar. Avatar no. is one of the greatest television shows ever developed. Indeed. So. That's our review like for this week. And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, and if you want to talk to them, talk to us about um, community, uh, Pixar films, Avatar Last Airbender, please let us know. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And where can they find you on the internet, even though we've already mentioned it a couple of times? <laughs> you can find me at HTranBooey on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye.